My good friends in North Dakota folk duo Project Constellation may not be a local band, but they've certainly earned their honorary Winnipegger status. Santiago and Christina have spent a lot of time north of the border, to the point where Winnipeg is almost their second home. And surprise, surprise, they're coming back. On September 14th at the historic Royal Albert Arms, Project Constellation is performing alongside Meat and Potatoes Rockers Boss Logan, who are also past guests in the podcast. Tickets are $10 and the show starts at 8.30. And again, that's Project Constellation with Boss Logan at the Albert, September 14th. While you're waiting for that show to happen, make sure to check out Project Constellation's debut five-song album, Our Oasis, which is available now on Bandcamp, as is their brand new single, Up and Down These Roads. Check out Parts Project, September 14th at the Garrick Hotel. Parts Project uses standalone hardware to perform his own live take on bass music and dance music in general. His sounds draw from garage, breaks, dubstep, and techno. Funky, deep, and dark from the creator of Tertillion. He's joined the show by Chris Comus, Theo Zoo, Davey Berkowitz, Clear Paths, and The Silver Fox. Also featuring Holly Golightly and Captain Nonads. Hosted by Bacona and No MC. That's Parts Project at the Garrick Hotel Bar on Saturday, September 14th at 9pm. Which Place Radio is a music podcast. As you know if you've been listening for any amount of time, the show focuses on local Winnipeg and Manitoba artists and groups, and talks about their background in the music scene, about their process in writing songs and performing, and just generally getting a backstage pass into what local artists do to create their music and to perform it and to release it and record it, and all of those aspects. One thing this show is not is a political podcast. There are a lot of shows out there with very strong viewpoints on a wide range of issues, and although I obviously have my own opinions and so do my guests, Witch Police has always been pretty heavily music-focused. And that's the same on this episode, with a bit of a twist. The guest today is local singer-songwriter Adrian Sala who is perhaps better known at this specific point in time as the candidate for the New Democratic Party for the St. James Riding. So he's someone with a very interesting career as an artist, as a songwriter, both solo and with the group Jack Pine. But he's also running for office. And at the time this episode's coming out, the provincial election is only days away. So it seemed like a cool way to tie in the music part of the podcast with current events, with something that's happening that is going to affect all Manitobans. And I like to assume that the listeners to the podcast are people who either live in Manitoba or used to live in Manitoba or have some connection to the area. So I'd say about half of the podcast is focused on music, half of it's focused on politics, but not in a sense that's telling you who to vote for or telling you what to do or acting as a soapbox for him to share his views. We more so talk about kind of the way he transitioned from being a musician to being a political candidate, and how he's seen things change demographically, in that the generation that I'm part of, and that he's part of as well, is starting to become the generation that makes up a lot of high political offices, and how that's going to affect Manitoba, regardless of what party you support. Uh, in the future, and also why young people 
should get involved in politics and should want their voices to be heard to make meaningful change for where they live. So again, as always, the focus is on the music and his music is awesome. Uh, Long before meeting him, I had a copy of his solo album, Diamond in the Mind, without really knowing much about him at all. And we get into that on the show. But he he provided me with uh, some copies of um, relatively long, out-of-print Jack Pine material. And so you're going to hear those songs sort of peppered throughout the episode, as usual. While he's not actively performing, I mean, he's certainly hoping that on Tuesday, depending when you hear this, he's elected to office and he'll be representing St. James as the member of the Legislative Assembly. But he has a long history. He's recorded a number of albums solo and with the group. And I strongly encourage you to seek out his music. It might be harder to find than some of the guests we have on the show, but it's definitely worth it. Hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Garbage Show, one of its first podcast network. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm in my backyard, which is rare. I usually do this show kind of on the road where I'm at someone's jam space or house or back porch or rooftop or whatever. <laughs> but uh, every once in a while, I get people over to my house and, yeah. and then record them in the backyard. And uh, it's a nice enough day before winter starts, so it seems like a good plan. And I'm here with uh, someone who has a history in the local music scene, but is also running for office in the upcoming provincial election. So the timing on this seemed like it would be pretty interesting. Uh, not only because I'm interested in your music and I've had one of your records for a while and never really pursued looking into who you were or what the background is, but also just because, you know, I imagine the transition from musician to, you know, politician is is an interesting one. So uh, I figure we'll, we'll, we'll start start with music, though, because this is a music show. So I'm here with Adrian Sala, who is yeah running for office in my neighborhood. So it really seemed like a, a good fit to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this weird intersection yeah, of interest. Yeah, 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 it is weird. And especially because, I mean, this show I don't think is a political show in any way, shape, or form. I mean, music has always been the focus. Every once in a while, it's kind of drifted into some political discussions, depending on the guest. But I think you're definitely the first person who's actually, you know, campaigning for an election that I've had on the show. So uh, it's kind of cool. But just to kind of give some context to this, I've had a copy of your CD, Diamond in the Mind, for a while. I haven't actually seen you play anything live, so it didn't come from that. It came from seeing it on the shelf at Music Trader for years and just not knowing what it was. And always, I, I have this obsession with uh, kind of hoarding local music. Like, uh, I'm always on the lookout, whether it's yeah. a thrift store or a record store. I want to find interesting local stuff. So that was just there. It was always on the wall, and, and I, just, I never knew what it was. And at one point, I'm pretty sure I just asked to listen to it. You know, they had those those CD players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I listened to it, I liked it, and I bought it. And then it's been in my collection, and I've listened to it now and then. Awesome. And then when your name came up as the candidate for this area, I was this is this the same guy? <laughs> like, I have his CD. <laughs> so it turns weird. out you are the same guy. So yeah. I guess, like, I just have that one album as a reference point. So yeah. do you want to maybe sort of give some background as to where you're coming from musically? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, yeah. It's a great show and I'm really happy to be doing it. Um, so background for me musically uh, is that I I think I was probably 
would have been, would have been in my uh, early mid twenties when I first started actually recording music and, and playing music out. Okay, uh, had been making music for a while, just sort of like many people in their you know in their basement or in the kitchen. And uh, I got connected to the guys from a local roots group called the D Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And so, Great band too. Uh, yeah, I think they're actually one of Manitoba's finest bands, uh, and uh, and they're still playing. And so I got connected to Jackson, who's the singer songwriter from that uh, from that group. Okay. And he had a studio at home, and he thought it would be a good idea for us to record a record. And at that point, I'd never performed live. I'd never done anything okay. uh, like that before. But Jackson had heard some of my, uh, some sort of uh, backroom recordings that had been done, invited me to his place, and we made a record. And so that was like a pretty mind-blowing experience. So all of a sudden I kind of went from my, you know, my kitchen writing yeah, these, yeah. these root songs on my own to all of a sudden being playing with guys that I considered to be local heroes that I didn't sure. know at all that just had an interest in a similar kind of music. How did they find out about you? Uh, I was playing with, uh, I was doing like these sort of Friday night jams with some friends that were connected to them and they shared some recordings that they thought okay. Jackson would want to hear. Okay. So that's how that transpired and then uh, made this record with these guys. There's just some really amazing local talent that helped out with that, uh, released it and then from there it just sort of like got connected into the, the whole times change kind yeah. of scene of sorts. Well, from what I've heard of your stuff, you sound like you belong in that scene yeah, too. Yeah, it was really like, it's sort of like a time stamp, I yeah, think, yeah. in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, musical like there was a real community at the time like yeah. my myself uh the western states um you know the derangers yeah. scott nolan there's like a real sort of band of, of folks that were all for sure yeah making music in a similar sort of um and you call it roots but it was like you know the um really influenced by old country yeah. and then um some kind of like you know there was a heavy dose of towns van zant in there sure so yeah, forth. yeah yeah very very Focused on songwriting. Songwriting, yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. The focus was heavily on uh, on songwriting, uh, and so, and that's actually uh, the best way of, I think, um, summarizing what brought all those guys together. Yeah, and gals, and uh, yeah, I was really lucky to be part of that. So we made that one record. Uh, later, I made another record uh, under my own name with uh, st st still the same crew, Jackson and guys. Uh, that was Diamond in the Mind, and then mm. uh, I we formed a band with uh, Jackson. Uh, the singer from a band called the Western States, a guy named okay. Sean Buchanan and myself. I have one of their CDs too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, and so we made a band. We uh, formed a group called Jack Pine. And again, that was like a really a singer-songwriter focus kind of um, three songwriters that worked together to cool. write songs as a group, which was uh, not something that should have worked, but it worked incredibly well. And it was right. because we all were coming from a very similar place. And it was a really unique experience to write in a group and we literally uh, having had the same influences and the same inputs yeah, yeah. were able to sort of call each other out and you know ridicule each other when it was necessary when and but for the most part um, that I think that was really um, a successful experiment and we made two records together okay. we did a first one called brand new good old days and then we did another one called cabbage okay and cabbage was a record we recorded actually uh, at a cabin in one weekend and that was a cool concept briefly if you'll indulge yeah, yeah, me sure, here sure um, the concept was, uh, so as a group, there were some challenges in how do you go about writing songs together as a group. It's hard to always come up with new ideas and, and sort of like, uh, you know, plot a course to finishing a song. And so well, it's we, different from writing it on your own. Yeah, very different, yeah, obviously, yeah. right? So the approach we took uh, for that record was we essentially just uh, wrote out a number of words using the A through G chords okay okay and uh then we started playing through these things and we found oh, that that's why cabbage makes sense because yeah of the, cabbage yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, so yeah. so we basically every song every song on the record 
the chord progression is the, the the name of the song is the chord progression. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And it's we we held to that pretty like firmly, and it was also sort of the the conceptual basis upon which we wrote the song. Okay. So, for and are they all actual words too? Like, or is it just some of them just? Yeah, they're all actual cool, words. Cool. Yeah. I'll say this that it made for a great conceptual basis for for writing yeah yeah I bet, and yeah. uh cool, yeah, yeah it was another good experiment so worth it was, it was really i think actually my favorite um my favorite experiences making uh songs were always in that context because it was really fun and yeah. writing songs as a as a single individual can be really uh, a struggle sometimes because you're uh constantly like you know checking yourself against uh uh, you're, you're always your, your own worst critic, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So in that context, it just made things a lot easier. And, well, especially uh, when you're given kind of the subject matter based yeah. on the title, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it was, that's it cool. was amazing. Yeah, it was a really, it was a great experience. So, so that's sort of musically what okay. we what we did. And uh, Jack Pine uh, was the last thing we did. We played Winnipeg Folk Fest, which was amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Did that in 2009 and uh, some other local festivals. And, you know, since then, um, I've, um, I've done some music, but it's been really just stuff that has been more... Uh, just personal and stuff that I've done with friends, not right. really for public consumption. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are those records still out there somewhere? Or yeah, they, yeah, they're still. Yeah, they're still out there. Like some of those things are on Spotify. Um, the Jack Pine records are. are um, there you go, St. James. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Drone. You must forget um, about it. it, it you do, yeah. <laughs> you just kind of go quiet for yeah, ten seconds. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah, the records are out there. They can be found, I think, on different... Uh, you can buy them, Apple Music, so forth, but... Um, you know, probably not on the wall anymore where you saw it. Right, at, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Music trainer. And it's funny that you mentioned, it's not funny, but interesting that you mentioned uh, Scott Nolan earlier because when I was listening to your stuff, that's kind of the most obvious local connection that I made in terms of the kind of style of songwriting. And I had, I'm a big fan of his, and I had him on the show, and he has so much to say about kind of just the nuts and bolts of writing songs and putting stories together yep. and it's like I could listen to that guy forever you know? yep. <laughs> just sit here and explain yep. how he put a song together for an hour and it would be I think it would still be fascinating oh yeah like so I mean was working in the same sort of scene as guys like that did that sort of up your game as well in terms of uh, you know because you, you're not, not necessarily competing with guys like that but you're playing some of the same shows and, and hearing that that kind of level of, of songwriting does that sort of encourage you to to work harder on what you're doing or, or try to, you know, friendly competition kind of thing? I never felt like I, I never felt like I was in competition with those guys, right. but I think to that point, I always, uh, I revered Scott Nolan. Yeah, yeah. I revered Jackson Haldane. Yeah. I revered the, there's a whole, like, local crew of, of artists that were working in that vein that I just look up looked up to. Sure. So, um, yeah, of course, you know, seeing them, watching Scott play a set was upsetting because it was like there's no way I'm going to ever achieve <laughs> yeah, this yeah for sure um, and you know when you're young and you want to you want to um, continue to get better it's great to be exposed to people like that sure uh, but uh, it was it never served as anything other than inspiration you yeah, know yeah um, and ultimately I wasn't just measuring against those guys I was measuring against all the influences that I was taking in at the time sure. which were like this whole sort of you know sphere and arena of American music that was of interest at the time and Canadian music yeah and of Canadian course yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did you consider yourself a roots artist or did you have a different label that you put on it um, you know I didn't really it's, cons- so, it's so tricky right the genres it is yeah. yeah it is I didn't I think that term was like it's very it seems like very late 2000s or something sure like, yeah I don't yeah, know like yeah. it's like uh, Chipotle in the, in the uh, it's like in the 90s or something it's got like it's got like a very it's got a time stamp quality to it that I don't know that I'm in love with but I think now they would just say like Americana would be yeah kind of, yeah yeah. but I think the I think the title is apt it's like it, descri- it certainly described a, a vein of, of musical interest and um, you know that uh, that music when I when I thought of what I was doing I just thought of myself as exploring for the most part um old forms of american music that's really sure. what i thought was the roots of what i was exploring okay um but i understood also that i was operating under the umbrella of like a, that category yeah. at the same time you know yeah which for, for whatever reason that category has always whatever you want to call it has always been huge in winnipeg and in manitoba like do, what do you think is the appeal i mean i, I love that stuff too and uh, i love a lot of the local artists who yeah. are putting their own spin on it but it's always a thing here like yeah. there's always been a really heavy focus on that kind of stuff that's true you know i never that's an interesting question i never i never really explored or thought about that too deeply i'll say um i think that you know it's like any other kind of um it's like any other um movement or or like regional sort of interest in that I think that when you get you get a righteous Ike and you get a perpetrators sure. and you get a derangers those guys are sort of like they're really the the heart the underbelly of the scene right and I they think, drive it and get more I people think that just drives it. it yeah like people yeah. are going out and seeing it and they're like I think that that I think that in a community as small as Winnipeg those guys maybe had an outsized influence in terms of bringing others in sure. and you know what the cool thing is right now a lot of that 
I think people that were doing music at that time, like myself, or have sort of cycled out. But there's like, there's a whole new to that point. There seems to be a whole new generation yeah. of yeah. like really f- incredible new groups that are doing something that maybe isn't categorizable as roots, but is like still operating in a similar yeah. vein. You it's know, it's in the same overall family. Same overall yeah. family, yeah. but it's like it's still Winnipeg. It's yeah. so yeah, you, something lives on there. Yeah. I never got tired. And up and wired. I sit by the phone hang up down easy to find For a prize My peace of The other thing that, and this is something I have asked a lot of people, and I don't know if there is an answer to it, but um, my perception of Winnipeg music in general, but especially anything within that roots, folk, country, singer-songwriter kind of umbrella, is that I feel that Winnipeggers and Manitobans maybe as a, on the whole like to hear things that sound sort of grimy and, and broken and, and not necessarily the... I mean, if you look at country music, 
in this province there, there definitely are people who play the really smooth yeah. really radio friendly yeah. stuff but there's also people who do the really kind of off sound not in a bad way but it's it's like it's like something is something is wrong with it and, and it it works really well <laughs> and i think a lot of songwriters locally i mean even going back to someone as long ago as neil young when he started out here i mean his songs are weird and and his voice is strange and it's not what you kind of expect is like a pure smooth sort of style and i think for whatever reason i don't even know if this is a question but i think that 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 here people gravitate towards that when it comes to hip-hop when it comes to punk rock when it comes to everything there's this desire to hear something a bit wonky if that makes sense yeah it does i think that i don't know my take on that is that winnipeggers don't like to suffer uh sort of um that polished commercial sound here i think is less attractive to people uh for reasons that just tie to some kind of fundamental winnipeg trait which yeah, is yeah, we like yeah. we like legit um yeah we like a sort of uh there's something about um how genuine uh those qualities I are so, yeah. in, in our local musicians and that and maybe that serves to create a broader variety of of musical uh of musical sort of offerings you know people are and, and and to that point that's an interesting point and really thought about that too much but it's certainly i can absolutely see that yeah in, it's, in it's, that. it's a thing for yeah, whatever reason it is yeah do you think that authenticity that people are kind of listening for do you think that might be why this to call it for better lack of a better term root stuff is so popular here because Maybe, a lot of yeah. the artists we've talked about are i mean singer songwriter is a definite best way to put it and yeah. the, the, the lyrics and the storytelling yeah. is very important and Again, I don't know if this is a question or me just musing, you know, but I do feel like maybe that is they're connected. Like people want to hear something real, and regardless of whether it's right, you know, regardless of whether it's smooth or or, or the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Yeah. No. I. I mean, I think generally that um, that's true. I think that Winnipeggers are also uh, seemingly more attracted than others in story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the common thread throughout a lot of those bands we're talking about. For sure. And uh, um, and maybe that's, I don't like going here, but maybe it is tied to weather and experience. I mean, I don't know, I don't, who knows what underlies that, yeah. but there's definitely a thread there and an attraction to authentic characters. Yeah. Uh, and I would say argue more than in other places that I've been. I think so, yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 I don't think anyone, I've asked about this, and I've asked a lot of people because I always wonder about it, has come up with the real reason why but it, it's definitely everyone everyone feels it like whether it's a you know a metal band or, or a rapper or anything they all kind of have the same thing yeah Winnipeg mm. likes grimy <laughs> grimy downer kind of, you know broken songwriting and it's it's the thing I guess it yeah. seems true yeah I agree yeah. so at what point did you sort of pack it in in terms of you know pursuing it as something you're playing out and playing with bands and releasing records um basically when I had kids it's the same as me yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, I can kids. relate for yeah. sure yeah 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 no when I had kids and uh, I think at some point too for me and the, you know this isn't exactly um, this is just a very personal thing I think at some point I became uh, uncertain or uh, uncomfortable or I don't even know how to characterize it with the idea of just entertaining with music okay and my relationship to that act became um, you know, I, I became uncomfortable with it, with the idea of it. And it, 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 it's interesting because I, I love, uh, 
playing music and sharing music with people. Yeah. But the idea of the destination, what was I doing with this? Sure. Where was I trying to go and what's the purpose of all this? Um, you know, bigger shows, what are, you, what are you trying to achieve out of this? Yeah, what's that, the end goal? Yeah, what's the end goal? The, the, those things kind of became problematic to me at a certain point. Okay. Not that I ever achieved success that, that made me sort of come into some sort of existential sure. <laughs> uh, crisis about, you know, what was I doing? Am I yeah, playing? Because yeah. I, I didn't get to a point where I was playing uh, really major shows. But I think my just my interaction or my, my, uh, my experience with audiences was standing there and performing music. Just kind of at some point I just got to a place where I wasn't sure that I was really that interested in doing that. Yeah. I knew I wanted to make music. Yeah. I knew I liked the idea of sharing that music. But the idea of like entertaining people, uh, for me, just at some point, lost. Uh, I lost interest in okay, it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable now with that choice? Like, do you think it was the right decision for you to make? Yeah, I think it was no other. There was no other real like. I think I just came to a point where I just realized I, I wasn't. I wasn't certain that that was something I wanted to keep doing. And and sure. and, and I personally, I'm I'm someone who never had a super comfortable, um, sort of. Uh, exchange or or like a a very comfortable relationship with the idea of being a performer okay Uh, which is kind of bizarre like why the hell was i why were you playing music yeah yeah, yeah. but it was like i think it comes back to the fact that i i'm deeply attracted to um to making music to the just the creative act i like sharing that yeah and so i guess for me and this sounds ridiculous but it was like a bit of a tortured relationship with the idea of like going out there it was always that way about uh performing and i never really felt um felt at ease in that context okay, okay. um so yeah it was, uh, it was for me for me i think to go back to your question moving away from it for me was just sort of like a relatively conscious act of i don't really think i'm, I'm interested in being an entertainer per sure, se sure uh i want to make music i want to keep being creative right. i want to do, still this do with that my friends. i can still do this yeah yeah uh, but I, but I, I became that became problematic. Okay. At some point. okay. And then, at what point did the desire to run for office come into play? Wow. Well, this is like a, that's leaping way forward. Yeah, yeah. So, I imagine there's, a, there's some time in between. Yeah, there's a so, big yeah. time gap there, right? So you know. Um, but the, you know, I, I assume having kids and stuff. I know, I know the, I know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I imagine that takes up a lot of that gap. Yeah, right? There's like so, a five years of sure. total like loss. Sure. Right? Of it was course. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where you're, you're just focused on on family and i think some people seem to do an amazing job and be able to still engage in creative activity while sure, they're yeah. suffering through those 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 challenges but um in my case i certainly didn't have much in the way of of spare energy or, yeah. or time or and so forth so for me um uh, to zoom forward to the act of running as a for, for office yeah. that was something that i hadn't really had too many designs on uh but i have worked um in the past i worked uh, in the legislature as a staffer for okay. some uh for some uh, cabinet ministers okay so you have that first-hand experience yeah i had yeah. that experience in a sort of like so i had i had some uh some knowledge about what what happens in those contexts and uh obviously my uh my interest in the world that we have before us it's sort of attracted me to wanting to be a participant in this yeah um provincial political context okay and it's a really important time for people to get involved yeah so honestly that's that simple like i, I had a real um i had an opportunity to jump into something at a time that uh it made sense to do it okay. and i'm going for it and it's been a very uh interesting experience so I, far I bet. yeah yeah yeah
yourself a seat Pull it next to me I'm right here every Sunday night It smells like coffee, sweat And ancient cigarettes Now all the smokers go outside I'm only playing three By four the fifth is free They come round with fresh cards every game This one's a bust for me Got nothing under B I don't believe I caught your sing a note since her tracheotomy we all think it's a shame she hasn't won a game since surgery eight months ago we ain't heard a single noise from her Electric voice can't wait to hear her call bingo. Until it's gone A little 
I think it's, it's also interesting that the demographics of politicians are changing. And, and, and there's people like Wab Canoe, you know, I mean, I, another guy whose CDs I have. <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, yeah. and he could potentially be the premier, in, 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 you know, depending on, on the results in a week, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's and he's, he's my age. And it's odd to think about the fact that, because politicians until now have always seemed like people 10, 15, 20, 30 more right. years older yeah. and now it's sort of like I'm of the age group now, generation, that this yeah. generation is uh, we're the ones who are potentially doing these things right yeah. so the idea that there's people from the larger communities that I come from like the music scene who are running for office I mean you and Wob are both good examples like I have a lot of mutual friends with the guy who might be the premier you know just from the rap scene like yeah. it's, it's weird but it's not weird because huh. eventually that, that happens right yeah. so do you um I mean, do you, have you seen that happening? Like a lot of people your age and, 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 and younger sort of becoming interested now, whereas maybe before they were a little less involved or a little less interested in, in, in pursuing it? I think that's a really interesting question. I see What I see around me, and I'll, I'll speak for the people that I've met and sure. come to know through the, the NDP, which is the political party I'm running yeah. for, to uh, um, hopefully gain office with. Um, a lot of those people are people who I think are not maybe traditionally the types who would previously have have been the types to run for office. Yeah. Um, you've got young professionals and, of course, this, this crew of NEP candidates, there's a lot of uh, teachers. Sure. Um, and um, a real mix of people from a variety of backgrounds. And, I mean, of course, that's probably, uh, it's fair to say that most, um, you know, collections of candidates and political parties come from a variety of backgrounds yeah. but I do agree with you in that I think that we're seeing different types of people who are wanting to get involved who are stepping up to, to do these kinds of things and I think that's exciting because it's yeah. like it's a lot less white yeah. it's a yeah. lot um, it's a lot less stodgy and sort of like um, you know uh, there's a lot fewer 50 and 60 year olds involved it's seemingly sure. in a very short period of time we've take, taken a leap where you're seeing, to your point, a whole new generation of, of leaders who want to try to do something for the province yeah. and want to serve um, the community. Well, at every and level, too. At I mean, every I mean, level. He, the prime minister is in his 40s, right? I mean, exactly, like, yeah. The mayor. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's, Agreed, yeah. So, no, it's true. Yeah, no, that's an interesting observation as well. It's like they're, 
And I guess that's maybe that's just sort of, sort of something that happens generationally every yeah. 20 or 30 years. But um, it certainly is the case that any way you want to look at it, um, what we're seeing right now is a new generation of people who are stepping up to try to serve the province sure. or save, serve the city or serve the country. And uh, I, for one, am very happy to see that happening yeah, because great, yeah. um, we need new voices in there. And if there's anyone out there listening that thinks that uh, they have an interest in running for politics, I hope you'll consider exploring it because we need we need all the great people we can yeah. stepping up for this stuff, right? I mean, in every in any party, at any level too. Just Absolutely, having, having new ideas is going to help. Absolutely, I would think, you know, I would hope anyway. Agreed. Yeah. No, you can't. There's a de- there's a lack of people who are looking to do this, and it's. Uh, to your point, I mean, I don't think people, at the end of the day, like partisanship aside, people just want people of good character, with integrity, yeah. uh, honest, who want to serve. That That's what we all want. So I don't care if somebody's running for the PCs, the Liberals, whatever party they're running yeah. for, uh, vote, vote NDP. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter that we, we just want good people running for yeah. office, right? Yeah. So. There's an exciting group of really exciting group of people running in the city, like people like Leah Gazan and yeah, yeah, Winnipeg sure, Center, yeah. amazing like community leader, prophet of W, yeah. um, activist uh, Uzoma Zaguara. She's our our candidate in Union Station here. Just really exciting young people doing really like like that are really inspirational. Yeah, for sure. I find myself feeling inspired by those folks. You know, that's, so, that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, do, like, I mean, okay, how, how, how do I word this? Without, I don't want to get too much into, like, you know, I don't want to make it, like, a platform for you to, to Absolutely. do your ideas. Yeah, and, but, yeah. but I do have questions. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the way we'll to... We'll ride the line between Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're in St. James, and I've only lived in St. James for six years. So I'm I'm from Wolseley. I my previously, you know, my first kid and my wife, we lived in the West End. Yeah. And those areas have very different, first of all, demographics mm-hmm. and politics, I think, than this area. St. James is, as far as I know it's been pretty traditionally conservative and I see a lot of conservative signs. I see a lot of your signs too, but how, how do you, as, as, you know, as a younger candidate and it's an area that has a lot of older people, how do you approach sort of getting out there and talking to people and and presenting your view, which depending on who you're talking to might not be as well received as maybe it would be for the NDP in other parts of town. Yeah, no. So, um, Another great question. I feel like in this community, first of all, for what it's worth, um, St. James had an NDP MLA for 18 years. And then it switched. Until right? the last election, yeah. and then we switched over right. to the PCs. Right. So in terms of like this But seat, federally, it's been very... Federally, yeah. absolutely. And when we think of St. James, we think generally, because St. James as a constituency is very different than St. James as a, like, sort of the western section of, of sure, Winnipeg, sure. right? Yeah. So, well, it's all, I mean, depending on what level of, of government, it's divided up differently yeah. anyway, right? St. James's yeah. Cinnaboya arguably goes all the way up to the perimeter sure. from uh, from Polo Park Mall, right? Um, St. James as a constituency includes a big part of the West End. It okay. includes most of the eastern portion, easternmost portion of, of St. James, which runs from uh, Mount Royal, which is, you know, sort of... Um, uh, for listeners who probably won't have a clue of where I'm referencing, <laughs> uh, basically a five-minute drive west of Polo Park. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, so yeah. it's it's really uh, um, it's actually a very um, progressively oriented constituency overall. Okay. You'd be it's surprisingly well, it's good so. to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And so, and I mean that's reflected in the fact that we elected eighteen for eighteen years. We had an NDP representation yeah. here. Um, so, and the communities 
really interesting. We've got, um, of course, the West End is has got its uh, absolutely its own uh, flavor That's and its own, sure. yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, social realities and and a variety of different challenges that come with, um, you know, the types of, of challenges people are facing there. Um, you come over to the St. James side proper and and close to Polo Park there in what's called the King Edward area. Mm-hmm. You got the same a lot of the same challenges there, right? A lot of people who are struggling, uh, a lot of uh, economic challenges. Sure. Um, and a really wonderful and like incredibly rich, diverse area, like lots of, uh, new Canadians in there, yeah. lots of, new, uh, Filipino families, um, lots of indigenous families, just like a really amazingly rich area. Well, to, and to be fair too, I mean, I, I had the, I had these preconceived notions of what St. James yeah. was when I moved here and I've been kind of very pleased to learn that most of my kids' friends are recent immigrants. And it's, it's, it's way more diverse than I had this impression from maybe from the 90s of what St. James was from, yeah. you know, visiting a couple friends who lived here and just seeing a bunch of old people, old white people. And it's it's way more diverse. than I it. think it was. No, and I think that, that it's actually, it's probably the case that this community has seen a huge amount of change in the yeah. last uh, 10 years. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of like elderly, uh, elderly people here that are uh, currently cycling out. And mm-hmm. a lot of, in our community here, a lot of families are, moving in and, families, and, yeah. and yeah. those elderly folks are, are moving out and so there's a real sort of um, handoff happening right now in the community and it's wonderful to see so many new Canadians moving into the area yeah uh, because uh, it just makes the community a much more I think diverse happier place to be for sure uh, and to your point I'd see the same thing with my my child and, and her friends and the, yeah. the folks she's hanging out with at school and there's nothing better than that it's very cool yeah yeah and so back to the the question which is interesting one which is how do I relate yeah when I do get that elderly person on the doorstep it's the same message I'm delivering the same message um and I often find that um in this community especially people like to know that you're from here sure that you live here sure and so because it's not a given right it's not a given yeah Yeah, you could yeah you can absolutely run for any party and anywhere you don't have to live there um so you know I when I when I speak with with people of that generation um I relate to them simply by just uh, letting them know that I am, I am, I am essentially them 40, 50 years ago. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's the case, you know. There's the uh, people like to see themselves reflected in a community, and they understand that there's a whole new group of younger people coming here. And they're, I think, frankly, um, to maybe the more political concern there, which is, you know, do older, whiter people generally tack more conservative? Yeah. There's some relationship or association there generally, but you'd be surprised that like the 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 overall political orientation of people who you would suspect would lean conservative sure just by virtue of their you know them being like maybe more elderly or being yeah. uh being white yeah um there's a lot of progressive orientation among people from that demographic oh that, sure yeah i mean I, um, I know people personally who, who yeah. would be probably you know at first glance oh they're probably conservatives but they're completely the opposite yeah, 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 yeah i meet sure, them all the time sure. so yeah. i've been actually it's been nice for me because i actually had some of those maybe that same prejudice myself yeah, going into this yeah. right like thinking that most most folks would would have that uh, that would tack that way and I, it's turned out that i was actually wrong there's That's a cool. huge amount of openness to that and um it's it's been a nice surprise to to sort of see how open people are even in in those categories of the population where you think maybe they'd be you know a yeah. little bit more reserved cool what obviously you want to win <laughs> obviously you want yeah, to see your badly. party yeah. elected and you want to working you know, hard but what do you do then if, if it doesn't happen? If, if you if you don't win on election day, what's the next step for you? Do you go back to what you were doing before? Yeah. Do you 
consider making another run at it? Like, how 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 kind of uh, invested are you in this idea of, of politics? I mean, it might yeah. be too soon to ask that. I yeah, mean, and no, again, it's... I know you're hoping for the positive outcome, but uh, well, um, I so I've I've got a good job. I work. As, I'm a director at a cinema and credit union, so okay. I've been I'm working in the business field for the last three years. Um, if I don't win, I'll just be going back to my role. They've sure. been great and have supported me in this. Um, and you know, the, I think it's likely that if I if I'm not successful, I will be uh, coming back four years later to okay. continue building on the momentum that we've hopefully created this election. Sure. Um, that said, you know, I will be probably going into a cave for about a week if I lose. And <laughs> right. Just dealing, I think that probably happens to everyone, wounds. though, right? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're putting everything into this. Yeah. I mean. Well, I've covered it's, enough in my day job. I've covered enough election nights over the years in various, you know, newspaper and radio roles and stuff. And yeah, you, I've been at election night parties where people lose, and it, I've seen the the emotion there. You've that, seen what I might look like if right, that happens to me. Right, and I've seen both both sides. I mean, <laughs> I've seen people absolutely losing their minds over winning, and right. I've seen people realizing that their results are way worse than they expected. Right. So yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it it will be tough sledding if it doesn't go our way. But yeah. uh, you know, so to that point. We're doing everything we can to make sure that's not the outcome. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I guess what happens then as someone who's you know running for the NDP, obviously it feels safe to assume that's the party you'd support as a voter as well. What happens if, if the NDP isn't in power? If the election doesn't go your way as a party and, and you don't have the premier's not, you know, you're not the... Is it all doom and gloom, or, or is there? Do you think there's there's hope generated by the campaign so far, and generated by kind of the last few years of, of the way Manitoba has has gone and has reacted to certain issues and things like that? Um, I think that the like so I know I, I know this is a music podcast, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna get a little political here sure, just yeah, yeah, quickly, yeah. No, just that's briefly. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. I honestly, honest to God, uh, as a dad, as a community member, as somebody who's like genuinely concerned about this province, yeah. I really think that the current leadership that we have here in the, in you know, in Brian Pallister, in the Conservatives, is genuinely a threat to the province and the well-being of Manitobans. And I yeah. say that um, from the perspective that um, they are damaging education. They're making uh, our uh, and I hear these stories all day long about what's happening on the healthcare front. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, the kinds of stories I hear are when to visit grandma, or grandpa in a hospital. I go back three days later and they're wearing the same shirt that they're wearing last time. Right. And when we asked the healthcare aide what's going on, the answer was there used to be two of us here. And now there's one. There's one, yeah. yeah. Um, so those kinds of experiences, like dignity stripping experiences, you hear all the time. And this is just these are just stories you pick up. I've been walking yeah, yeah. for two and a half months in the community, and it's basically. Endless variations on that story. Mess in the corner wasn't cleaned up. Didn't change their clothes. They didn't get a shower for 15 days. Uh, they sat in the hallway for 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 in uh, for three days in a wheelchair. And the the the, the families that engage with the staff that are working like heroes yeah. to provide services to us yeah. are always the same. It's that I'm so sorry. There's now way fewer of us here. And so. There's that, and then just from like a perspective as a young person, as a father, um, we've got a government right now that literally doesn't even really acknowledge that climate change is real. Which is a little terrifying. So, yeah. so <laughs> it's it's literally terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, again, just to go back to you know, how will I move forward depending on the outcome of the election? Yeah. Will there still be some positive uh, momentum if if we if we fail to win government? Yeah, we've got an incredible leader in Wab. Um, he's an, I think, uh, an inspirational figure. I think 
He's an amazing leader. And I think uh, that even if we're not successful, he will continue to help us build momentum for the next four years. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Right. And I think um, you're going to see after this election, even if we don't win government, there's going to be a significant increase in NDP seats in the city. And I think you're going to see a lot of momentum regardless of that outcome. And so, yeah, I do think that there'll be a, a hopefulness and a sense that we can bring change um, regardless of the outcome. Okay. But I'm very hopeful that it's, uh, of course, it's of the course. case yeah, that it, yeah. it doesn't go that way. But. Yeah. No, I have a lot of opinions on that that I'm going to, I'll probably talk to you about off air. But <laughs> <laughs> just, just in, in, in the, I mean, I think people who know me personally know where I, where I you know, yeah. position myself politically. But mm-hmm. I try to keep the podcast as neutral as possible. I mean, having you on, I guess you could argue, is, is not neutral. But <laughs> I'm sorry to have gone there. Yeah, no, 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 no. no it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. I, I think that a lot of people, um, I mean, I know people my age and even older who, are just getting interested in, in politics now because of some of these things you're talking about yeah. that they've seen. And before, they just didn't care about voting because they didn't think it was a big deal, especially provincially because it's not as high profile, I guess, you know, in, in the news as the federal election and things like that. And, and it seems like there's more interest because of some of these these issues. That... My, you know, it's, I think that's a great segue for something that I really feel is important, and that is some of the, some of the conversations I've had are sometimes, like, since I've decided to run, a lot of my friends and you know a bit about the background yeah. that I come from are people who come from the artistic community or um, even the activist community that sure. generally have not had an interest in engaging with organized politics in any regard um, you know and people have said to me like it's all the same or it doesn't matter and they sort of get these like opinions that I think are absolutely rooted in very valid perspectives and a sense of like disenfranchisement and yeah. frustration about like there really being no difference between the parties and I'm sympathetic to the fundamental um, the the underlying like sentiment that's there but I think that uh, provincial politics as un you know as uninteresting as it may seem yeah is actually you know it's a it's an environment or arena that's ripe for uh, disruption there is um, party mechanisms that everybody has the has access to for example if somebody was for example wanting to see um, any of one of the provincial parties go more in any particular direction you have the ability to become a member of that party right. and to participate and, and on, yeah, in yeah. policy making in conventions yeah. and to play a role in driving a party towards a particular position and so you know when I look at um, the NDP that I know provincially here even federally because I've had some involvement federally as well Federally, there's a lot more involvement, I find, from young people. Mm-hmm. Provincially, we've got some really wonderful young people, like the Manitoba Youth NDP. That's a really great group of folks who are uh, re- representing uh, younger voices in the party. But I see a massive opportunity for, and I'll say this again to be nonpartisan, I think not just with us, but with any political party, mm-hmm. for younger groups who are like collectively like concerned about any particular issue or policy issue or policy concern, to seriously come into these uh, into these party frameworks and to use those to advance issues that are of concern. Sure. And like I think about climate change, like I, that's that's an issue that I would love to see. Um, you know, a broad swath of younger people. Like think about the communities that are organizing against, uh, you know, against uh, the or sorry that are organizing in response to the lack of of uh, climate change initiatives that we're seeing at all levels of government. Yeah. Yeah think there's such an amazing opportunity for those individuals to go out to leverage these party mechanisms that are there 
and to take over right. to and like make to those like issues make those yeah. issues important yeah, yeah, by yeah. virtue of them organizing and and being present in those structures and so i think that to qualify this and i'll i'll, I'll stop this yeah, little yeah, diatribe yeah. quickly here but <laughs> to qualify that i think it's very reasonable to to it's un, it's understandable how individuals haven't wanted to participate in those structures mm-hmm. before because in fact a lot of those structures have served to exclude people and have actively worked against sort of permitting that kind of intrusion of, of, of various sort of different so interest groups up. yeah so they give up yeah. but um i'd say now there's the the time has never been better for people to to actively organize and involve themselves in those party structures to drive those 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 organizations those parties towards those those policy yeah. issues or towards those concerns that are most of interest and i'd say that in any party it sure. doesn't have yeah. to just be the ndp yeah um, again, vote NDP. But the, uh, <laughs> no, no, I think that's I think um, that's a good answer though, and I think that, I mean, like I was saying before, I think that I'm seeing more people in my generation becoming interested and, and running for office and things like that. But I think that there's always a problem with younger people who feel that they see everyone who's in office gray-haired and yeah. and seniors, and it's like, oh, they don't represent me. That why am I going to even bother voting? So it's yeah, it's right. A, then come take over the party. And then yeah, people and, are voting for what you And want. it will look yeah. like you. Sure, yeah, yeah. The yeah. mechanisms are there. And I guess that's what's slowly happening now. It is yeah, slowly yeah, happening, yeah. but we need more of it. And yeah. that's like, there's no question about it. Even in on the more progressive side of politics, there is seemingly a, a, a real lack of uh, involvement from the activist community or yeah. from, from younger people writ large that is it's it's something again I, I recognize that that's a function of historically of parties have sometimes served to exclude those yeah. populations but that those mechanisms are there to be to be taken advantage of and to be used cool i think that's a, maybe a good way to, to to wrap it up with that but before we do that um this is going to come out right away i'm going to put it out like tomorrow or something so uh you know it'd be still very fresh very close to election day which is on the 10th yeah and if people are hearing this and live in the area and maybe want to get involved in what you're doing or, or find out about your positions on, on things or your party's positions or, or in general, what do they do? How, how do they find out? Thanks for asking. So if you're interested, you can go to adriansala.ca. That's okay. A-D-R-I-E-N dot S-A-L-A dot C-A. Okay. And uh, you, that'll take you right to the website and get a bit more information about uh, about myself, about the position of the party, because that's all, it's on the Manitoba NDP website. Okay. And uh, we would absolutely love to hear from anyone who's interested in helping out the cause here. And uh, I'm grateful to you for having me on your show. I really appreciate well, yeah, the opportunity to, to talk about uh, this weird intersection of music and politics. I think, we, I think we timed it out so it's about half music and then half politics. It worked out pretty job. well clockwise. Yeah. Uh, just one last thing about the music. Where can people find it? I mean, I know you haven't released anything in a while, but that stuff's still out there. And what's the best option for people to track some of it down? So all the records, the Jack Vine records and my solo records are all available on Apple Music. And I think uh, two of them are available on Spotify. You okay. can go on and, and stream that if you're interested there. Okay. And uh, I think that's probably it right now, unless somebody's uh, hawking CDs somewhere on the on the internet, yeah. uh, which is possible. But uh, possible, I yeah. fully, so, you know, help help make them some money too. Go ahead and buy a CD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sure. uh, yeah, there's there's probably limited places to find it now. But okay. you'll find it on Apple Music or there's some stuff on Spotify. Cool. And if people want to hear more episodes of this show, which usually aren't this uh, politically oriented, you can go to witchpolice.com. All 400 and whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming. You can also tune in on Sunday nights at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And it's funny because those are older episodes that kind of get a second win months down the line. Cool. So, I mean, this is being recorded in early September. It may not air till 
February or something. At which point the election has been decided. Either you're, you know, you're the MLA or not. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's still an interesting conversation, especially some of the stuff we've been talking about regarding young people getting involved and and sort of the way things are demographically changing. And obviously the music stuff is, is of interest yeah. as well. So, so yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming to hang out. This has been a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. Right on. I'll never learn Still I try